0: I did this. Chapter two. So, you've just had your senior prom, and you go home to find your home, and your whole freaking town wiped off the map. What do you do? If you guessed therapy, you win the prize. Lots and lots of therapy. It's funny, what bothers me as much as anything is the last time I talked to my mom. She didn't want me to go to the hotel with my friends after prom. She was sure I would get pregnant and or dead. I told her it was fine that I'd be careful that I wasn't even going to go to prom with a boy, and I was too young to drink, so of course I wouldn't. You know, the usual things you'd tell your mom so she'd let you go out and do all the things you said you wouldn't do. I didn't go to prom with a boy. That part was true. I wasn't a dork or an outcast or anything, but I wasn't exactly popular either. I got asked by a couple of boys, but... Well, sorry, but they were dorks and outcasts. I had my eyes on this one guy. It was a whole big fantasy. It wasn't going to happen. I just didn't know it. He wasn't the quarterback or anything, but he was on the basketball team and he was very cute and nice and he had a girlfriend, but she was a total jerk and didn't deserve him. I deserved him, of course. I just had to make him know it, so that's why I had to be at that after party at the hotel. I would get his attention and we would start talking and hit it off and blah blah blah. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. It wasn't going to work out that way, no matter what. I was nervous, and there was alcohol. I barely had anything to drink before that, but I figured some beer would help me get up the nerve to ask him out. And so I overdid it, and I found out what a lightweight I was. It was fun for a while, until it caught up to me, and I was just lying on the floor, and the room was spinning, and then I just started feeling awful. I felt better after I puked, but God. I never even talked to the guy that night i don't remember if he was actually even there hell i can't even tell you his name now i found out that he and his girlfriend broke up not long after graduation so at least i was right about her not deserving him or maybe he was the asshole i don't know anyway my point is that it still bothers me that i was such a jerk to my mom about going to that party such a stupid immature thing and now she's dead she's dead I have to say it to myself over and over sometimes. Try to make it real. It's weird, like, I know she's gone, but I don't really. I catch myself thinking about her at weird times, like she's alive. I'll see a bracelet or a top or something at the store and think, I should get that for Mom. And then I remember, and it hurts all over again. Or I wake up at night and remember, and it's almost like finding out for the first time. Anyway... I went back to the car that morning, like Gray said. I hadn't been there 30 seconds, but I heard the sirens. It sounded like an army of police cars and fire trucks and ambulances. I stood on my hood, partly so they'd see me and stop to help, and partly so they wouldn't run me over. A fire truck sped past, but a police car stopped, and then an ambulance. After that, it was a haze. The cop didn't have much of a bedside manner. He bugged me with question after question while the EMTs made me sit down in the back of the ambulance and checked me out. I know the cop was just scared, freaking out. I mean, a whole town was wiped out, and nobody knew anything about anything. I was in the hospital that day and night. My dad came the next morning. It was the first time I'd seen him in a month. He worked in the city as a lawyer. Since he and mom had split when I was ten, he had canceled more and more weekends. Said he had too much work. He also had a new family, including a new kid, Maddie. She was around four then, I think. How could I compete with that? But he was the picture of fatherly concern that day. He hugged me, held me tight, and just cried and cried. I bawled my freaking eyes out. Clung to him the whole time, feeling like I was going to lose him all over again. I didn't know I already had. He took me home, yeah, to his new wife and kid. Bethany tried her best not to act awkward. Because awkwardness was a major concern after I had just lost my whole town. Maddie... For her part, thought it was great fun to have her cousin there. That's what they told her I was, her cousin. I'm sure that hasn't messed her up for life. But that's the least of her worries, being raised by my dad and Bethany. I slept on the couch until Dad could set up his office to double as a bedroom. But it never stopped feeling like I was sleeping in his office. I felt safe at first, like there was hope that I might eventually be okay. But I cried all the time. I mean, all the time. There was no school to go to. The last few weeks were effectively cancelled when the school ceased to exist, along with the death of most of the teachers and the students. So I just sat around, trying to find ways to take my mind off of things. I was alone most of the time. Dad and Bethany worked. Maddie had preschool. I was on my phone most of the day. On bad days, I spent hours on websites about the Mason incident, reading all the conspiracy theories. The official story was that an experimental explosive device went off while being illegally transported through town by a government-contracted company. The company was apparently on the hook for a shit ton in reparations. I would have had a good chunk of money coming my way when it all shook out, but actually being able to claim it, that's a whole other story. There were a lot of other theories out there, some crazy, some less so. But I wanted someone to blame, something malicious, not some random accident. Obviously, there were no real answers to be found in all the junk online. On better days, I binged show after show. I tried reading, but I couldn't focus. How could I? How could I think about anything besides what had happened? Then I tried to kill myself. You know, the first time. Would have been a fine idea if I had done it right. I took pills. They were Bethany's. I passed out, and it might have worked if Bethany hadn't come home early that day and found me. She called my dad first for some ungodly reason, and he called 911. Maybe she was asking him if she should bother trying to save me. I was in and out of psych hospitals for a couple of years. I got pretty good at psych hospitals, you know, group therapy, working treatment, all that. Sometimes I didn't mind it. got me away from Dad and Bethany. I got some peace and quiet. Good meds. But once I turned 21, it got a little harder for me to be put in against my will. And I got better at not doing things that made my dad force the issue with the courts. I saw my psychiatrist regularly, got on a good track with my meds. I was working part-time at a grocery store and collecting disability. Had a Frico roommate. I know, who am I to talk? We lived in subsidized apartments near downtown Jacobsville. I was even kind of seeing a guy. He was decent most of the time. He had a job. He could take me out to eat to sit down restaurants sometimes. He pushed me down once, but he never hit me. He'd gripe if I didn't feel like having sex, but he didn't force me. A real saint. So I guess it was the fourth anniversary of the Mason incident, when somebody decided it was a good idea to have a memorial for the survivors from Mason High. Susan Miller, Her Majesty the Class President, headed the whole thing. She was nice enough, I guess. Maybe that's what bugged me the most about her. She was pretty, smart, popular, but she managed to not be a jerk about it made it hard for me to hate her without feeling like kind of a jerk myself. Anyway, Susan formed a committee to arrange the gathering, reached out to the scattered survivors. A lot of students had lost parents and ended up in uh, in institutions or with extended family, some in other states. The surviving adults had moved away mostly. A fair number succeeded in killing themselves. Mason had about 6,000 residents at the time of the incident. The destruction had taken out the entire downtown area, and a half mile or so around, accounting for close to 4,000 deaths. The folks who lived on the outskirts survived, lived to wake up the next day and find out that their town wasn't there anymore. Of the 2,000 or so that made it, about 100 of us were prom survivors. Students, chaperones, faculty. About 20 of the prom survivors had been in and out of the hotel party that night. Anyway, this memorial thing, about 40 showed up, Mostly students, but there were some teachers and other staff. Mr. Rodriguez, the custodian, was there. The math teacher, Ms. Harrison. And there was Mr. Billy. I don't remember his last name. He always wanted us to call him Mr. Billy for some reason. The students were just faces to me. I don't know if I hadn't been close to any of them, or maybe I'd just forgotten. Mostly I felt disconnected. An invisible observer. Numb. There were refreshments. There was time to mingle. I watched, mumbled words when people talked to me. There was a slideshow to memorialize the town and those who died. There was going to be a big circle talk thing after, so everyone could share. I was gone by then. I barely remember leaving, but I was suddenly on the bus headed back to my apartment. There wasn't a particular moment when I decided to do it. It was just a matter of time before I tried again, really. I had bought razor blades months before, stuck them in the cabinet, just in case. But I never thought I'd be brave enough that night I decided I was. My roommate was gone for the weekend so I figured no one would be able to find me before it was too late. I had read a story about someone slitting their wrists in the bathtub. It made sense in a way not to make a mess but it was also kind of funny the idea that you would care about making a mess at a time like that. Maybe it was about the water making it less painful I really don't know. For me running a bath made it feel more normal. While the tub was filling up I took a couple of my roommate's pills to relax. I drank what was left of the cheap wine in the fridge. Then I slipped into the water and let myself drift a bit. At first, all I could think about was the feeling of slicing into my wrists. Would it hurt as much as I thought? That wasn't helping me go through with it. So I thought about the guy I was seeing, how he was kind of a dumbass. He meant well, but I didn't love him and I never would. What would he think when he found out? I thought of my dad and Bethany and Maddie. The thought of Maddie bothered me the most, but it also made me feel like I needed to be gone. She was so confused about me coming and going, who I was to her. How do you explain all that to a kid her age? There was a good chance I'd just mess her up by sticking around. Suddenly I understood why Bethany didn't want me in their lives. And Dad, he was never great at being there, emotionally or physically. He had tried after the incident but all I did was try to mess up his life. Maybe I was jealous. No, I was definitely jealous. He had left me and Mom to start his happy little family, with a brand new, cute little girl that I couldn't even hate because she didn't know any better. I thought about Mom, wondered if there was a heaven or someplace where I would see her after. She had taken me to church as a kid, but I had stopped going after some other kids, and the youth group made me mad. But I only went for the bowling nights and social stuff anyway. I didn't really believe any of the God and Jesus stuff, but maybe there was something more. It's hard to believe that our minds and our thoughts and our feelings, that it's all just just chemicals and junk, right? But I don't think I wanted there to be more. I just wanted nothingness. I wanted out. I was done. I was tired of living day to day, pretending it was going to get better, but knowing it wasn't. I opened my eyes, weirdly calm, feeling nothing. I reached over, kind of dreamlike, and fumbled a razor out of the box. Maybe my hand was shaking a little, but I knew I was ready. I spent a little too much time debating which wrist to start with. I was right-handed, so should I... Ah, fuck it, I said, setting the razor against my right wrist. It was cold, and I could feel the pain in my imagination before I even started pushing.